I'm putting on shit, I know my city proud as hell Pain in the scars, in the hood we stayed Dealing raw, now I get paid with the bar Yo, 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 welcome to another episode of the Council Poly Rob. I am the counselor. Y'all already know what it is. Man, make sure y'all like and subscribe and just show love like y'all been showing love on all the podcast uh, platforms, which is um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iHeart, Tune in. I'm on YouTube now because I'm doing my video thing. You know what I'm saying? Y'all already know I'm an ugly nigga, but I don't care. I'm doing videos so y'all can see how I really get down. You know what I mean? I, I appreciate y'all, you know, showing comments. Last episode was great. You know what I'm saying? And I just want to keep that going. I want to keep that energy going uh, with this new episode, which I'm fucking crazy excited about. You know what I'm saying? Because we're going to get down to it. Um, and then also, you know, hit the notifications, you know what I mean? Because I know some people, uh, they, they, you know, they call me or they text me and they be like, yo, why you didn't tell me a new episode is out? Dude, hit the notifications on all the platforms. So as soon as I post it, it comes right up. Like, do yourself some justice. Make that shit a lot easier, okay? Please. Um, I have a, a special guest today. And y'all know how I do, like, every time, um, you know, I bring guests on the show. They're not just guests, you know, they're not just people that I'm like, yo, let me get an interview with you. There are people who I know dearly. Um, and even if I don't know, even if I don't know dearly, let me do my spell. Let me do my spell, B. Even if I don't know them dearly, I I've had some type of run in with them, whether it's um, tuning into what they do, um, uh, have doing some business with them. Um, but this particular guy is family, you know what I'm saying? Let's just get that out the way. He's family, and we will discuss a little bit of how that came to be. Um, phenomenal record promoter, phenomenal father. You know, I don't play about that daddy shit. Phenomenal Damn. father, phenomenal businessman, uh, legacy of a business. You know what I mean? We're going to talk about that, too. I got my guy Sylvan in the building, man. Show some love, please. What up, Sylvan? What's good? What up, my brother? You know, I got to talk a little shit to start it off. That's how we do. You already know. Now, 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 I said your first name, but I'm not even finna say your last name yet. I'm going to wait. You know, I'm going to wait <laughs> for a minute because this is a real thing. Let's just be, I'll just be honest. You know what I'm saying? It's a real I mean, thing. It don't, I mean, at the end of the day, unless you like really, really in it, you ain't going to have no idea what my last name meant because we're not the family name that's in the limelight like a, um, like a, uh, like a LA Reed. We're not right. in the limelight like the Carters or, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the Combs family. And stuff like that. You really have to be intertwined and twenty toes deep mm -hmm. even to even understand what my family name means. But that's a that's a coming soon, and that's why I'm I'm excited to talk about it because that is a real coming soon. Like people will be able to know what that last name means, um, how you guys operate, and so many other levels. You know what I'm saying? So I'm excited about that. You know what I'm saying? Um, just before we get into all the other spills, I just want to give my quick updates real quick. Um, 
One Nation Project. So um, if you love Tupac, if you fuck with Tupac, um, and you fuck with the Outlaws, um, during Pac's time, he was very in tune with a lot of artists from the West and the East. Um, and he was putting together a compilation project uh, called One Nation, which he bridged the gap. He wanted to show people um, that artists on the East and the West coexist. Like, even though, you know, the media at that time was trying to pit both coasts against each other, he wanted to show everybody that we all work one and the same. And I think, like, now you start to see, like, different pictures and video of a lot of artists that come together with each other. Um, I think a, a lot of that is starting to surface a lot more. But in light of that, uh, the Outlaws, the remaining members of the Outlaws, uh, shout out to Edie, shout out to Noble, um, they actually put together this compilation along with my boy, Doughboy, shout out to Doe Networks. Um, and the One Nation compilation will be dropping on the 20th of this month. September 20th is dropping, it's coming out. And when I tell you the features and the representation on this project is phenomenal. Um, Local Astronauts is mixing and mastering the entire project. I actually sent in the entire project in uh, today, and I'm excited about that, and I want everybody to tune into it. Um, features like uh, Chuck D, Smith & Wesson, uh, Wyclef Jean, um, uh, shit, Jay Worthy, uh, 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 G Perico, uh, Buckshot, Sebo. Uh, it's, it's so many names. Uh, Conway the Machine. Uh, there's just so many names. I can't even name all of them, but it's coming out on the 20th. And if you have any love for a hip hop music, Tupac, the Outlaws, and just the camaraderie of people coming together and making shit happen, you'll check out the One Nation Project. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I will be hitting uh, Sylvain for, you know, when we figure out what the single is, 100% off top. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Congratulations on that, bro, bro. That's big. Man, I appreciate it. I'm actually going to send you, I'm going to let you listen to it first, you know, because I definitely want your opinion on it. Um, shit is phenomenal. Um, but in light of that, let's talk about who Sylvan is. Let's break that down. Tell them a little bit about, you know, who you are and what you do. Um, currently, I work at Epic Records. I'm the West Coast Director of Urban Promotions and Lifestyle. Um to sum it up, what I do is I deal with DJs, whether it's street, club, or radio DJs to make sure the artist's music is played to the consumer right. or whoever's in the club or radio, Damn right. Chuck E. Cheese, whatever. And one thing, I, I got to shout out Bang Loose. When I first started, he taught me, I don't care what DJs at Chuck E. Cheese, I'm going to service that motherfucker Facts. because never know where they going to end up at. And through my career, I've been doing it for 14 years now. I've seen people go from literally nothing to, to something. Facts. So you just never know. You got to everybody where we say every, well, really everybody, but in my case, everybody DJ with the same respect, if they're big time or small. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, now um, before we get to the topic of the day, uh, where did you kind of just get your start? Like, where did you start from? Ooh, um, if you can remember, because it's a long I time. I remember. I'm surprised you don't remember, because I know I told you this story before. Mm -hmm. um, well, I know. I just want the people to know. <laughs> so my, contrary to belief, because only a few close people know this story like you, 
this is probably the first time I think I'm sharing it publicly on a or on a platform like this. Right. Um, contrary to belief, I didn't get into the business because of my dad. Mm-hmm. Facts. I got into the business because I caught a felony. And I had a, my daughter was uh, maybe one and a half, uh, one and a half, 18 when I caught my felony. Mm-hmm. Um, I did what I had to do. I did what I did. I, I served what I had to serve. And when I got out of jail, I went to interview at McDonald's on mm-hmm. Fig and uh, Florence, where I grew up on the east side. Mm-hmm. This manager literally told me, I have a murderer and I have a rapist working for me. How do I know you're not going to steal from me because my, my, my felony was commercial burglary? And of course, every business is commercial business. Right. And um, after that, I knew I was kind of fucked. So I, that's when I reached out to Pops for help. And um, he put me in the music business. He made me street team at Interscope. Um, and let alone, it was BET fucking week 2007. Oh. The busiest, heaviest, biggest weekend in urban music. Per- poster boards going up. Down. All the sniping going back up. Then, back yeah. then, poster boards, the sniping. He credit some shit where we put it over our, our, our uh, two, uh, it was two big ass bar poster boards and it went over our shoulders, it's front and back. Um, Facts. All that shit. Passing out flyers, killing Figueroa right there before the movie used to be at the shrine before they moved it. The whole way, killing the all way. Figueroa oh, with them snipes. All the way to damn nearly probably Jefferson. And sometimes wow. you can make it down to King, depending because you know traffic was coming from either way to get to the shrine. When they blocked it off to go in. I miss those days. Uh, I swear to God, I miss those days. Right. It was a lot uh, of work, but yeah. Yeah. So that alone, I started, that was my introduction to the music business. Didn't know nobody, not one single DJ, not one single promoter. I remember at the pay to get into clubs. I remember all types of shit. We can get into that later. But um, yeah, I remember just not knowing nobody. Just got a check. He tried to help me out. 14 years later, here we are. Man, let's get into the sniping real quick. I want to talk about that real quick because a lot of people don't understand like what sniping is. You know what I'm saying? Explain to them what sniping is when you're sniping working with a record. Basically, you take two posters um, of a nice big size. They got to be big trapped around the poles. You basically staple the motherfuckers together on each side, put it on a pole, staple it so it can be nice and snug. And you keep doing it until you just fill that motherfucker up. And, and you, you slide it up. Yeah. You slide it up. You do the next. You slide up the next one. Slide that one up. Whether it's the same artist, but it's different artists. But it's a cold game out here. Sometimes you got to rip a nigga shit down and put your shit up. Right. Like, right. Right. And, and, and it was dangerous. Because when you hit, like, let's say if you hit, like, La Cienega and La Brea coming down the hill, when you hit them poles, you got to literally be in the middle with them cars flying by, it, it, depending, it, it, depending on what time. Let me tell you this. The one thing I learned at um, Problem taught me this. Mm-hmm. Problem taught me this because he used to do it. When you go into a dangerous area or a dangerous hood, go in the middle of the night. Facts. You go at 3, 4 in the morning, you know, when them niggas is inside or no cars is on there, mm-hmm. go like 3, 4 in the morning, 5, 6 in the morning, Knock your shit out and get the fuck up out of Dodge. Right. That's something problem top. Facts. And then it, that shit when he first came out. And then it's crazy because 
you know, I remember those days like we used to snipe, like we used to have those questions like, like, dude, uh, okay, is, is this, this is uh, the East Siders. Hold on, why are you sniping in the blood neighborhood? It's like, no, we got to get it over there too. They got to know that this project is coming out, even if they hate it or they want to snatch it down. Like, no, we need to make sure we take care of everybody, especially when you when you snipe in, in different cities because you and don't quite know the cities like that. And this is the, the other thing people forget, at least in Los Angeles and there's other cities like this, you can get caught by the police, you can get a ticket or arrested too. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. I, I got arrested twice. I got arrested so twice because I used arrest, you'll, you'll spend a night or they'll do both. They'll just take you into the... Um, to the, to the uh, station, you'll stay the night there. Hopefully you ain't got no warrants and they transfer your ass to Twin Towers and County. Mm-hmm. You got no warrants and you check out in 24 hours, they let you out with that, what was about a $1,500 to $1,000 ticket. Uh-huh. We have to avoid that too. Take, take the tickets to the, take the, tickets to the labels. Yeah, Like BET, they'll, they'll be cool. Mm-hmm. But outside of BET, they, they was some dicks, man. Yeah, and, well, they couldn't catch us, the people on the ground. They were damn sure building the labels. Oh, for sure. They said they sent a bill straight to the labels. But 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 a lot of times the labels is like we already know what we finna get. Do y'all thing, but y'all make sure y'all do it right. And even what like you said with BT, like when you're doing like the war shows and shit like that, like the, the city understands that they're gonna come on Monday and kill everything, they're gonna finna clean everything out. So they let you they let you rock for that for the most part. But if you, when you're doing it on random Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and literally any other time of the year, <laughs> right. literally any other time of the year, except award season, they coming for your ass. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, and, so got, and in today's world, you, I mean, people still do, but it's very hard to do it, man. Especially if like, because the problem was when an indie person does it, mm-hmm. they get that bill, mm-hmm. and they ain't got the money to pay for this shit. No, they so don't. Now they kind of have it where you got a there's, there's a few companies that allow you to do it, and they can do it in certain areas, and the billboards on the wood shit and all that shit. But yeah, that, that, definitely more trickier than back then. But there was tricky. there was a window at a point in time where where indie um, companies was doing it right with the majors. And they got a lot of representation, a lot of good res- no, representation doing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Promoters or, or lifestyle people. I'm talking about the artists when they get that bill. Right, right. Yeah, they can't. They can't. Yeah, them. That's expensive. Then them they bill. They like I can't pay this. Right. The labels, you know, they got money to play with. They could, they could, they could do that. So, 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 where did you? So, where did you go from there? Like being street team. What was your? What was your um, next step? I was street team roughly. Well, like I guess I started with Club 2007. From there, I picked up other label and indie accounts. Then mm-hmm. I got with Charles 319 Music Group and Cali Swag in 2010. Workload. Um, and then from you know 2010 to 2000, roughly, you know, 14 after JR's passing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, did what it did to the group. I just right. stayed indie working with a lot of labels and right. um indie or major, but mainly major. Right. And um and then I got hired at Epic in 2017. Yeah. Was that your so working with us? That was your first like role management gig. That was my first role management gig, but it wasn't the first time on the road. The reason why right. um, 
the other two people who was involved at the time had chose me and brought me to, you know, you, Wacko, you, Wacko and Big Y mm-hmm. was because for my dad, I was taking artists on the road already, at least on the West Coast. So I had right. the experience of the driving, getting up, making sure we on time, point A to B to the airport, whatever the case may be. Um, so, and I was roughly close to their age. So they was like, that's why I was chosen to come with y'all over once somebody older. Right. And it wasn't too much. And would have cost more because they owed them more experience. Yeah. And um, and stuff like that. So that's how I got to be with y'all. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and then, so, so now I want to bring in your last name so we can continue this. Because your last name is Marshall. You know what I'm saying? Sylvain Marshall, which is the, you're the son of Troy Marshall. And Mm -hmm. if anyone knows anything about the real music business, your daddy's a powerhouse. (laughs) Your daddy's a powerhouse. Let's just say it. Your daddy's a powerhouse. You know what I'm saying? You are also, you're a powerhouse as well. We're going to get to you. But your daddy is Yo, when it comes to promoting records and taking things to the top, he's the one. It's it's probably it's only a, and, 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 and it's probably only a handful of people that have the stats like your dad. You feel what I'm saying? Yes, I, that's that's facts. I, I think it's that's facts. And, and then I, I kind of want to talk about just really quickly um, the relationship between you and him early on versus now. And I feel like that's important for people to understand, especially if you have any children aspiring to do what we do. You know what I'm saying? Who? um, we got to talk about it. So fine. <laughs> we got to talk about it. Um, let me say this. I'm grateful for my dad. Cause he didn't give me a lot of handouts like other a lot of other children's parents did in this business. Um, for four months, I could pretty much say he didn't claim me. He didn't start telling people or responding to the fact that people seem like, hey, who's this little nigga running around, running around in Hollywood in LA saying he's your son? Until I got enough of the right people saying like, yo, is this your son or who is this dude? Then he started acknowledging like, yeah, that's my son. He's putting in work. So, and I, and in the beginning, I didn't understand why he did that. But now, I'm grateful more than anything else he has done for me in this business. Yeah. Just because it made me, one, not depend on him or my name. Mm-hmm. Two, build my own relationships and build them on the basis of me and not him. Right. Um, that's why a lot of the times I stopped. But by the time I got to you, I definitely stopped telling people who my father was. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even know how y'all found out, to be honest. I, don't, I, I never told y'all. What, 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 what happened was, because remember, um, Big Y had a relationship with Troy prior. Yes. So, right. so in the midst of us figuring out who the road manager was going to be, you're right. You were already in the selection. But we were we were contacting your dad to do the record promotion. And then your dad, for the right reasons, was like, oh, you're going to have my son over there? Well, 
I got other projects I'm working on. Hold off on me. Eventually, we end up hiring Troy eventually, but it started off with you. And I, and I think now that I remember it, I think he deliberately did that for what you're saying to be able for you to establish who you was and what you were doing prior to that. You know what I'm saying? And it worked and it worked out. She was fired. Cause I remember distinctively we contacted Troy to do the record promotion first. You know what I'm saying? Before anything. So and, and, and I think that's important to for people to know because like you guys are collectively in your respective rights building a family legacy. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And people have to understand that legacies don't start off with like, no, come over here and do this. Sometimes it starts off like you're not ready for the shit that I, all the work I put in, you're not ready for, you know what I mean? Or for whatever the dynamic of the relationship is in the beginning, but it could always end where it needs to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, I think your, how you approach things in the business is a result of that. And also how you, how your daddy, like your daddy, he a Capricorn like me. So he, yo, he mad fun. He mad. Like, you know, he, he got this two sides to him. Like, He's very fun and energetic and lovable until it's time for the business. He turned that shit all the way on. And, and by me knowing you and me being a great friend of you, you're the exact same way. Like for people that know you, you're very fun. You know, you talking shit. We bagging. We call each other all types of names. We drinking. We're going to get to that birthday shit. Don't trip. We're going to get to the birthday <laughs> shit. Don't trip. You know, all of that stuff is, is, is great, but as soon as you walk in a room and somebody say it's a meeting or it's a, a conference, you turn, your whole face changes. Everything changes. And it's like, wh- why Why is that? Why do y'all, like, turn it on like that? Um, My opinion, and I'm, I'm speaking more for watching him do that as well, because it'd be literally, like, it'd be literally been times we are fighting arguing about something, we walk in the room and it's just, again, just like you said, it's a, it's a switch. Right. So, for my personal experiences, for myself doing it and watching him, it's it's just to set the tone of, this is business. We're not here to play. We're not here to be your friend. We're not here to lie to you. Like, look, this is business. At the end of the day, this is how we eat. And, and, and for us, especially in promotions, we eat what we kill. Facts. And I can't spend an hour, three days a month dealing with you, and you ain't trying to really do no business. And I'm taking away time for maybe another possible client that wants to do business. Right. So since you know the tone when you approach us, nine times out of 10, people come at us correctly because they know our tone, they know our aura, they know our body language, our facial expressions. Like, yo, you're going to approach them? Don't even talk to them unless you come in correct. Facts. And that's my spell to people when they ask me about you in terms of doing business. Like, yo, hook me up with Savon. You know what I'm saying? I got this record I'm working on. I'm like, hold on. Wait. I got to put you in the right headspace of how this whole process is going to go before I even link you up right, because because at the end of the day i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm a give it some attention because it's coming from you right like if it's coming from why wacko my father and bang lose heirs yep. a lot of different people we come from certain people i'm gonna pay it attention right 
understand once you get my attention, are you ready for the the good and the bad that comes with it afterwards? Because don't think because you fam, like don't think because Rob is my fam, I'm gonna treat you that way. Right. You no, know, because even between me and Rob, it's separated. Well, fam, but business is business as well, and it's 100%. no no hard feelings, no nothing like that. Um, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, and, and, and it. And a lot of people tell me like they they say they like hold off, you're not ready or woot you woo because they just know. And it's gonna rub them the wrong way. And I personally don't give a damn. Right, right. That, that pisses more people off. Which brings me to the topic of the day. And I'm glad we just segue so beautifully and randomly. <laughs> right. The topic of today is assholes who tell the truth. Let me say it again. The topic is assholes who tell the truth. Now, I come across these types of people often in my day because I really get money. I really am about the workload and the progress. And for those who don't come across these type of people, let me explain who they are. And we're going to get back into it. First off, you already know who the asshole is. But assholes who tell the truth have an actual purpose. Once you bring them any type of level of business or even just the idea, although they might tell you in the most meanest, obnoxious, unpleasant way, they they know that you value their opinion. So they're not here to lie to you. Like if you listen to Sylvan a couple of minutes ago, he said, I'm not here to lie to you. I'm here to make it right for what we're trying to do. And there's a lot of assholes who tell the truth in the industry. And these are the people you want to be around. These are the people you want to do business with. And these are the people who can take your career to the next level. I've, I'm having a privilege right now of having an interview with one of the assholes who fucking be telling the truth. A hundred percent. So first I want to start off with what are some of the misconceptions that people have the, about you? The biggest misconception about me or the term assholes even that tell the truth, were assholes, are we really being assholes because we just telling you what you don't want to hear? Mm. That's the real question because I don't, I, I definitely don't try to do it in an obnoxious way because I don't want it done to me. But I'm going to tell you too, shit's trash or shit trash. Like, no nigga, this don't, this not, this not going to work for that. Or no, this is not enough or no, you, you're not ready for me. And it's just like, that's not what you want to hear. So that makes me an asshole. Fine. That's cool. The biggest right. misconception I agree across the board is the fact that a lot of people can't accept the truth mm -hmm. and because you can't accept the truth. We are assholes and that's fine. I'll wear that badge happily. Facts. Cause at the end of the day, this is the business. When people do bad business or the business goes bad, I'm the one held responsible. Right. I don't want to be held responsible. I don't want to pay nobody their money back, even though that's happened a couple of times. I don't want to, uh, and I honestly, it wasn't the fact that I didn't do the job. They just didn't understand. It was easy for me just to take that loss than to deal with all the other shit. Facts. Sometimes yeah. it's better to have that peace and be like, you know what? You're not worth it. Here's your money back. It's all good. Wish you the best. Right. And, and, and then also, it's like when you say you're not ready for me, 
what you're really saying is you're not ready for the things and the places I'm going to put you in. You're not ready for the things that's going to come about because you don't have the firepower necessary. If, 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 if I have the ability to put you on the biggest platforms for record promotion or whatnot, but you don't have all of these other elements ready for me to continue my job, it's just going to be at a standstill. And nobody wants their career or money standing still. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, and 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 a, and a bad part, um, I believe in this business is people forget that this is a business, just like McDonald's, just like the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, the soccer leagues, right? Just like Spectrum, the cable company, Zoom, the platform we're using now. This is to call it the music business. Right. Even if you want to call it the music industry, industry is still a form of bit as part of the business world. So that's one thing I forget. I, I feel like a lot of people forget this is a business. Right. Any business. Right. You got to spend money to make money. Right. You got to spend money to create the product. You got to spend money to create the product. You have to spend money to promote and market the product. Right. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Yeah. 100%. I promise you there isn't. No, no, so, have, so far without a proper budget or a budget period and spending on the right things. I ain't talking about what you're dressing and Jordans and chains and all that. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about your studio time and how you can promote and market your shit to the masses. Right. Just from off the top of the head, let's say that there's an artist that's coming to you and they want to take the music that they have currently, the music videos that they have currently, they they want to try to get the most marketing or promotions out of it. What are some of the things that they need to have already ready to go before they approach you? Um, uh, uh, first and foremost, for, uh, the music up on DSP, Spotify, Apple, uh, Tidal, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. So that's first and foremost, right there, one. Right. Uh, having your shit up available for uh, for the consumer to digest. Mm -hmm. Secondly, uh, a, a, a high def, not a high definition, but a quality shot video. Right. If you want to do any kind of video promotion for you, the video has to be high quality, not none of that BS. And it's crazy in today's technology, these iPhones shooting great videos. I know people shoot off the iPhones. and that's Hey. Immaculate. That should be beautiful. Immaculate. Yeah. So it's no excuse. There's it's, no excuse. There's no excuse. If you don't, if you can't go, what's that? Red Eye 5D HD 80 plus 480K 810K iPhone. People, people put iPhones on a gimbal and they get off. Yo, that's my <laughs> machine, and they get off, off. And I mean, I just seen real. I'm like, you shot this on an iPhone. I'm like. This is better than using a fucking these expensive ass five thousand, ten thousand dollar cameras. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, so it's really no excuse. And I would say those are the first two things. Mm -hmm. From there, I would take what you give me and suggest what to do with it, whether it's um club, whether it's radio, or whether it's digital promotion, you know, Spotify, Apple Music, um, BET Jams, um, the IG hip hop accounts like our generation music and 
uh, rap and part right. of the like that. And, you know, I don't do publicity no more. I never really did it, but I, I dabbled in, have my few relationships with different blogs and websites. Right. Right. You know, but going to Epic, I could have kept the relationships up. And then a lot of people got fired. Right. I, would, um, I would refer you to a publicist right. who's going to take your content, video, music release, vlogs, or whatever content you have. And spread it on these on these major websites and blogs to get you that traction too. Right, right. Um, so from there, that's we'll make the plan. I'll tell you what you need. We'll put the budget together, and then we just go from there. Yeah or nay? If you right, right. Do it in. in your, you know, in your opinion, like right now, we're in two thousand. What is it? 2021, 22? 21. I don't know. Just hey, it's it's a year. Uh, yeah. What do you feel like music-wise, what will be, and I'm not going to say short shot, but what I will say, what will be the most attractive approach uh, for a record? Would it be club? Would it be street? Would it be, what will be the most attractive approach nowadays? I know, I know people want to know that. You know what I mean? The most attractive approach... <laughs> gotta really think about it. I have to really think about it because you know you gotta think it's a lot that goes into it but I would say the most common factor in hit records is definitely the beat and the melodies mm-hmm. and, um, you know those are the three main things I would say definitely and throughout the course of music really Right. It's been beat hooks and melodies, but right. definitely hooks and melodies play a bigger part in today's music than 20, 25 years ago. Right. Um, you know, the beat got to be slapping, got to hit, it got to be crazy. Cause that's the first thing that's going to catch the consumer's eye. Right, right. The beat has that. Then from there, you got to just make... Will Smith, I mean, not Will Smith, Will I Am said this, I want to say an acceptance speech. He said it somewhere, and I maybe I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. It is when the Black Eyed Peas first started, and I forgot who it was told him. He said, this is a great record, but it has no hook. You need right. a hook. And he said, ever since then, I'll hook a motherfucker to hook till I can't hook a motherfucker no more. Right. <laughs> I'll hook the shit right. to a motherfucker to death because that man taught him the importance of a hook on a radio or a hit record. Right, you know, at the end of the day, when it's a hit, what part of the record I'm asking you directly, Rob? What part of the record are you really saying mostly? Oh yes, it's it's always the hook. Even if there's a even if there's a part of the verse that sounds like a hook, because I know Jay Z used to do that a lot. Yeah, used to take a bunch of different hooks and make verses out of them. That's always the one. So saying that, so you either. Saying a hook into a verse, or you saying a verse into a hook. No matter mm-hmm. what, you're saying that motherfucking hook. hook. Then most 100%. of the time, most people are saying the hook. Right. Um. So it, it's definitely uh, I, I would say it's those three things to make it right. good. And understand this, because everybody think they shit is hard shit, hot mm-hmm. shit, and hard garbage. Mm-hmm. Understand your marketplace. Right. 
understand who your competitors are. I don't want to hear that shit. I'm an indie. At the end of the day, these major artists and major labels are your competitors. Mm-hmm. If, if you if if you're not going to if you're never going to jump in the pool to even swim with them, don't even like. And I hate to say this because it's I don't want to kill nobody's dream, but it's the harsh reality. Like to jump in this pool with all these sharks, you you got to be a shark too. Facts. Plain and simple. I compete with God knows how many record promoters for the same slots on radio to get my records played that they do. Right. And if I wake up and eat, like again, I eat what I kill. If Facts. I don't get a slot, my record don't get rotated. I don't, I don't earn my check. Right. Then I get in trouble. Um, you know, so understand, understand the marketplace, understand what's hot, what's bubbling, how can you fit that? How can your music fit in between these records to get played? Right, right. Obviously, there's a formula out there because a lot of successful artists, you know, doing everything. And if radio's not your thing, that's cool, too. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of artists just eating off of of, uh, streaming and they merch and their music videos and other avenues. Right. I'm mainly talking, if you want to be that superstar, because at the end of the day, I don't care what all these stats, people say, I don't listen to it, I don't do this. Superstars are made by radio. Right. You don't get the big endorsement deals. You don't get the big soundtrack deals. You don't get the big TV, movie spots. You don't get none of that as 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 um without music. Music is the vehicle or the driver to superstardom. Right. No if ands, or buts about it. Right now, now I'm I'm glad you talked about the uh, the superstar aspect because a lot of people don't ask themselves that question. Like there's there's being an artist in the industry, there's being an indie artist, and then there's being a superstar. Talk talk about like how different that level is when you decide to want to be a superstar. The dedication, drive. I mean, at what 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 part of what like because everything changes uh-huh. from from the money you make right to your performance show club money to your merch money. Look at fucking prime example, Travis fucking Scott and Drake. Right. Motherfuckers, I mean Drake did it once or twice. Travis have at least what six, seven different Jordans now. Then he just released the Air Force Ones, if I'm not mistaken. That looks crazy right now. And he, he did the Fortnite shit. He do. He, he did be the going Fortnite. up exactly again. Being a superstar on radio, he was always on that cuss. Right. And he had Sticker Mo come out, nigga. We track meeting that nigga now. Out of here. Out of here. The fuck out of here. Right. His last album with with the single Sticker Mo was properly properly titled Astroworkers. After that single and after that project, and he had like two other singles on there. The fuck out of there. Right, right. Long and right. ain't looking back. So that's what I mean is the difference. Right. Now, now I, I know you're very modest, but we finna break that shit today. We finna break all that humility and all that type of shit. I need you to explain to me the records that you have been a part of in oh, record yeah. promotion. No, I don't want to hear no, I just did a couple. No. I need you to tell me the records. Them plaques on your wall, talk your shit, Sylvain. <laughs> Come on, man. Talk your shit. Don't leave it out. Um, 
Oh my God, I hate you. Um, Let's go. Oh my God. Um, Common. Uh, damn, I can't remember his album. Uh, damn, man, there's so many. And I'm trying to throw back from the beginning, dog. I mean, just the ones you remember, just blurt them out. Everybody else could do their research. I mean, recently, you know, uh, Mask Off. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Unforgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, Khaled, Wild Thoughts. Uh, so many Khaleds, actually. Yeah, you seen that plaque, so it's just, it's a yeah, lot. Yeah, I seen the plaque. What is what was it? Uh, what is it? Ten um billion? I, I can't remember. Like, I wasn't on all of them, but when that plaque, I definitely from um that album that had wild thoughts on it. I worked on right. that. It wasn't thing after that. Um, um, uh, you know, Cali Swag, of course, what we did with them. You already know. Did I think? Um, still going. Uh. Even you know Gotti, working with him over here, Dolph when I was at Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, fuck, there's so many, and I'm trying to Tim like the Tim. Oh my god, uh, I can't remember this Timberland record, but it was one of my favorites. Um, for working with Timberland, Lady Gaga. Mm-hmm. Like people don't even know and understand, my dad broke that woman. Oh, 100%. People, people, that's one caveat. A lot of people don't understand he did more than just urban, even with the Pussycat Dolls and Nicole Switching, either the lead singer. Um, LMFAO, he broke them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a part of that too because I was at Interscope. Right. Um, um, K Dot. You know, once he got over there, I was still at Interscope too as well. And we did right. a lot with him and him and, and you know and um and Top came in and what after what they did. Right. Um man, uh 2 a.m. but Adrian Marcel helped with that record. I remember that. Hey, 2 a.m. That's my record, B. <laughs> hey, 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 Marcel is ill, but I don't know if he's gonna be able to top that 2 a.m. in my for me because that it's record was crazy. Before, you know, we had to fight that battle too as well. So I know that struggle. That shit is crazy, B. Shout out to Marcel, man. Very uh, talented. Oh, who else, man? It's just what jibs chain hang low. Oh, yeah, yeah. For that record back in the day. Uh, mm-hmm. um you know, at least for the West Coast, Meek Mill. Meek. People don't even realize. A lot of, a lot of my real DJs know, but um, at least on the West Coast, I was the first person to service his record over here and really work, especially in the L.A. area. Right. Same thing with Pete Grizzly, first day out. Um, Migos. Uh, and there's a caveat, and I'm glad Jaylena from 300 said this in her little segment she did. I picked Bad and Bougie. I just mm. want everybody to know that. And I will see oh. when she said it and how it came about because we was working another record at 300 and I heard and they and they and they and they uh hosted AOD and they played this record. They played Bad and Bougie. I text her, it had to be like 3, 4 a.m. New York time. Uh-huh. I text her like, I don't know what the fuck we doing, but Bad and Bougie's the record. And she came, she texted me back, was like, okay, cool, this is what we had to do. 
give me the videos motherfuckers playing it, and let me see the crowd's reaction so I can take it at the time back to Leora and everybody and get the single switch. Wow. Um, um, that's crazy. Uh, and honestly, that's that's all I can remember. There's a whole lot more. Right. Um, I think one of my plaques at least has to, Robin Thicke was another artist I, I worked with uh, during my time at Interscope. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had a, f- a few 50 Cent albums, Eminem albums as well. Like I literally would have to go to the studio and look at those plaques and name everything. Pretty but, much, pretty much. I mean, I, I mean, that's the thing. I, you know, I want people to understand um, just the concept of what a record promoter, you know, does and You've made a full career out of it, you know, as well as your dad. Y'all made full careers out of this. Like, I, I call you guys the turbo of niggas' careers. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they got some type of a car, I don't care if it's a Mazda. Like, you guys are going to find a way, if it's right, to put turbo onto that Mazda and make it go. And that's, you know what and I'm that's saying? From him, man, like, we definitely learn from each other. I could, if, if, if I had to say what we have learned from each other or a way, of course, from him and, you know, other people like Mara Brown, R.I.P., D-Train. Man, shout out um, to Mara Brown, man. Mara they they taught me the physical part of this business. Yeah. And I taught my dad the digital part of this business. Right. And helped him evolve and why he's so efficient still to this day. Right. Because he understands the digital space which is more my generation, but a lot of people in his generation, they don't understand it or they don't want to learn it. That's one thing I give my dad credit for. He's willing to learn anything. Hey. He a teacher. The man he is a teacher. He was a teacher. Jesus. He he understands the true nature of what education is. Doesn't the have information. to be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta, you gotta have the information and you gotta constantly stay learning. That's the one thing I learned from him. Um, you just say like, yo, you gotta keep learning every time. Like, as soon as you feel like you know everything, you're in the back of the line and you're gonna get left yeah. behind. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's for sure. That's definitely for sure. Okay, so has there ever been a time where you were working with an artist and either something happened or the music just didn't translate the way it should have. Yeah, Sean Garrett. Uh, tell Biggest us about that. In the game. Like, in that, in that early, you know, 2000s, you know, hit, Jay-Z dubbed him the pen because that nigga pen was sick as fuck. Right. Didn't work out as an artist. Right. And then, and know what, it's coming back to me now. That was in the one project. Then you you turn around and you have somebody like Kerry Hilson was also had pen game was sick, mm-hmm. had a great career. She just chose the life of marriage over the career. Oh. And so it's definitely been times where people don't realize that like Gaga used to write for Britney Spears before she popped. Right. Um, and there's another girl we had, she was on the LeBron James soundtrack we did um for his documentary. Remember he had that uh damn what's the name of it? It's the one he did like when he, he was still with Cleveland at the time. You you know you know you do a lot of work when you forget half the shit that you done. I forget you know what I'm that's what you know you. That's what... <laughs> but as we talking, it's coming back. But right. she was no pen writer, but her career didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my brother uh uh my brother it's just so many people yeah it happens a lot i do gotta ask this question because i've always been curious about this um because i stopped doing it um how come you never got into management or did you uh, i did and i didn't uh-huh because you gotta remember i managed the boys right after a certain point of time, it was just really me and, and y'all, but I was really dealing with them day to day. Right. Um, so I stopped management because of what happened. Yeah. That that shook me to my core of being close to being that close to them. Because at that point in time in our lives, I was we was around each other more than anybody else. Right. My right. newborn sunshine, right. around their mothers, fathers, y'all. For four years, roughly, no one saw them kids more than me. Facts. That's a fact. No, no one saw me more than them. Mm-hmm. So after what happened, roughly you know three years apart, for my mental sake, I can't be that close to another artist like that. Yeah. But fast forward, you know, we had BMG going, and we had our own artist. It was just no loyalty. Yeah. Right. So right. it's just like. It's not worth me putting my sweat equity and all my money into it. Right. And there's no loyalty because there ain't shit you can tell me. Facts. You have you have not broken one artist. I mean, broken one record. You haven't mm-hmm. had one single. You have have nothing. Right. All them shit, a lot of fake motherfuckers. But I got this amount of platinum records and this amount of... If I probably did the number of artists should I have, at least in my generation... Right. It'll eclipse a lot of people's shit talking and mine's the actual fact that shit I've been a part of. Yeah. Definitely. A lot of shit goes on. So I like honestly, those are the two main reasons why I I, I don't get into artist management or having my own artists. I just don't got time for it. Yeah. I I mean for me it was like I mean I mean not to relive it, but I do think about these things because it helps me move forward. Um, people don't realize that, you know, first off that day with Inbone, you guys got off the plane. We just got home. We wasn't home more than a couple of hours. No, no, we was, I know probably when I say we wasn't home for more than six hours. Right. Right. Y'all got off the plane. They came directly to the studio. We're watching the Miami Heat. The Miami game. Cause he was, and that's what Jabron was over there. Right, so like when I when we I, not at the prop, this is how much we landed in LA at three thirty p.m. Yeah, there was a studio about four thirty to watch the game. Yeah, by nine 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 twenty is when he got killed. Yeah, yeah, and like literally, Bone is next to me, laying with his feet up on the couch, you know, and it's just that's just how fast life can change. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just like you said, like you just got off the plane with them. You know what I mean? You're tired. Everybody's, and this is this is really regroup time before y'all got to do this shit all over again. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because the, the thing about that time period, remember, we came, we were just off a tour with Nelly. Right. Was a tour. So right. we were on for roughly what three weeks? No, yeah. I know we did tour for three weeks. Right. Then we had a couple of spot dates, so we was gone an extra week before we came home. Right. Because we had a couple of shows, spot dates we did after the tour. You know, we so we did those. Right. Like you said, we got home at 3 30. 
I went home to be with my son and, and, and Deb, his mom at the time. They went to the studio to watch the gang. So I remember they telling me, yeah. they had to get to your studio. Because I think we left the airport. I think got our bags like at four. So I think they got to y'all by 4.30, yeah. 4.15. The studio not far at all. I right promise there. you, I remember being asleep and, and, and Lewis blowing me up. It was, I, I want to say it was like 9.15. Mm-hmm. Talking about Ambon just got killed, got shot. I'm, yeah. I'm like, the fuck you mean? We just got home. Yeah, at the same time of them, you know, they're planning on going to the store and everything. I had to get in the car and go home because you know I live right there off of uh, off of Hardy. I had to go home because you know I had to go see my babies. Yeah, and I walk in the door and I get the phone call, and I gotta go, I gotta go right back. You know what I mean? So it it was, it was just crazy. And I'm saying all of that. We're talking about that to say like. First off, I understand and I agree with your sentiment of not doing management for that reason. Mine was a combination between that and artists don't understand the hard work and dedication that someone like us puts into their career. Remember, this is another body, another human being putting, if not as much effort, more effort into your dream. You can't you can't run it more than them. And that's one thing I definitely get to say as well, like for really all of the artists, I felt like me, my dad, Simone and Bang wanted it more than them. Yeah. And then it was just they was lazy. It was no loyalty. They didn't want to listen. We didn't know what the fuck we talk. I'm like, yo, at the end of the day, you can say me and Bang and Simone know what the fuck we're talking about. But you can't say my dad don't. Come on, come on, man. Oh, come on. But first off, let's get this out the way. If you added up the amount of experience and workload that all you guys collectively do, oh my god, you guys, you guys are a sufficient label that can do everything. So, and you know me, I was around in the same boat, and I'm, I'm constantly telling those artists, like, because you know I'm on the engineering side, so they always want to hear from the producer, the engineer. I'm like, dude, you niggas need to fall in line and get the shit done. I'm like, every time I walk in here, you niggas is on this game. Every time I walk in here, you niggas be like, let me let me uh, play you this one song we did this week. Fuck you mean one song this week? And this is and again, again, a successful artist. I don't know no successful artist who's really doing this and really making money that did one song this week. Come on, man. one song in maybe two hours. Come on, depending how they go, you know, some motherfuckers they can knock out five songs or two hours. I hadn't seen it. Some motherfuckers take two hours to do one song, but it's an eight, 12 hour session, so they're knocking three or four songs out. Right, I, I, I'll admit that everybody works different, right? Some are definitely faster than others, but productivity but the point is, is they knocking out multiple records, exactly, not just one in a week. And they ain't really on no game. They ain't really doing this. They ain't really doing... They smoking, they drinking, they doing their drugs. Yeah, they got bitches. But trust me when I say they'll focus in their own way. They're not yeah. just sitting there playing video games and not doing dumb shit. Right. And, and, for, and for me, it's more so like... I think that there will be a time where there is an artist that I do want to put some energy into. Uh-huh. But, I, but I think that that artist would be further along with what they do as their career than what I used to deal with before. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Like it's going to be hard yeah. for me to go from somebody from absolute scratch to stardom. You know what I mean? Because that's what we do I mean, with the boys. I feel you because that's the point of man. Like, yo, let you come in with X amount of your own money. And I'm basically just really managing. At the end of the day, the manager's not supposed to put up money. When I was BMG, mm-hmm. I, and that was my label, we would meet bank, was hustling, right. put up all the money. Right. When I'm managing, my job is to manage your assets. Period. And put you in the best position to win. Right. So anybody want me to manage them, they got to come with a nice size budget. Mm-hmm. And shut the fuck up and let me do my thing. Right. And, 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 and whatever happened to the, this is my department, let me do my shit, and this is your department with the music, I'm going to trust you on that. I walk in that booth and tell you how to make a fucking record. Right. And I'll tell you this shit is whack or good afterwards if I could do something with it, but I don't walk in that booth and tell you how to make a record. Facts. So I don't walk in this office and tell me how to break a record. Facts. Man, come on, man. Come on. Because for on. every one DJ you think you know, I know 10 of the motherfuckers. Right. Well, really quick, we're going to segue. Um, for you, what is considered, in, in your career, what is considered the happy moment? Like, what, whether it's a, a accolade, whether it's, you oh, know, just walking man. into the office, what is considered your happy moment? Uh, 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 damn, there's a few of them. Of course, getting at number one. Mm-hmm. Um, on radio, specifically, um, specifically, um, um, urban radio, because that's what I deal with mostly. Right. Um, of course, we get the Hot 100 on billboards, of course, that, um, of course, plaques, gold, gold status, platinum status. Um, and the biggest thing I, I, I enjoyed is when, especially when I used to travel with the boys overseas, it's hearing mm-hmm. shit I, I was working or worked in a completely different country. Yeah. I ain't talking about just Canada and Mexico. I mean, we going trans-Pacific, trans, trans-Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and just being over there and just hearing Timberland or Gaga or 50 or even KDOT or uh, um, even my man Red Cafe at the time, right? Um, you know, so many other records over the time. It's just like, damn, I remember when I had this issue with this DJ about this record and they came around, or damn, I remember when we were stuck here and all of a sudden this happened and we was off to the races, like, right? Right, right, that shit, like. Soldier Boy kissed me through the phone overseas. Of course, Superman. Uh, hey, man, I'm telling you, telling you so, Soldier Boy started FaceTime, B. Apple need to cut him a check. He started all this digital shit. He, he <laughs> before anybody. He taught people how to do it by watching yeah. it. Hey, his, his, his latest album need to be Digital God. Facts. Hey, relate a message, my nigga. You got to tell me. Digital God. I want in. Um, I tell it myself actually. I'm, uh, that that's okay. actually those like those are my three happy moments, man. Right, right. Especially when you like get that number one, and you, you know you fighting with these other records, and you like fuck, are we gonna get it? Damn, I'm stressing. Damn, this PD want to bail, but I'm trying to get him to hold. Just that mm-hmm. sense, of all that tension and built up release. Like, yo, we got it. It's done. 
Right. Move on to the next one. Yeah, now it's cruise control from there in terms of that particular record. Like, that's going to do what it's going to do. Let's gear up for the next. You know what I'm that's, saying? It's, it's like in this game, it's like throwing interception in the NFL. You have to acknowledge it mm -hmm. and move the fuck on. Right. Facts. Facts. When this record go number one, we got another one we on, like, okay, we can make this number one possibly, or we got more records impacting radio. So it's just like you get about maybe 24 to 36 hours to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Basically that's Sunday, maybe half a Monday. Back to it. And you, and you back to the grind and the bullshit. I forgot you used to play football. What, team, what, what high school team you used to play for, B? You know, they say Burnage, nigga. Don't hate. Well, watch out, Don't man. You, you used to get served, Wait. B. You used to get served. Please, nigga. We didn't get served. <laughs> no, y'all was pretty. Y'all, y'all was pretty good. From what I understand, I didn't know nothing about it. But from what I understand, y'all had pretty good football uh, programs. Yes, sir. Right, right. So, so that that different. Yeah, yeah. We we gonna we gonna segue into the family life because I think more so than anything with you know business. Business is all great. But it's nothing if you can't enjoy it with your family or you just even enjoy your family. Right. And and me and you have definitely, we have kids that are growing up with, you know, daddies in hip hop, period. Right. You know what I'm saying? So just kind of speak, um, you know, to your, um, your bundles of joy, your kids, and just how you guys operate on a daily. Because I know, you know, you're 100% you're daddy every day, all day. I mean, just put it in retrospect, my daughter's 17 and, and, and is senior now. She's college. And that same little baby boy I used to be carrying around and took pictures with the boys and all that. That nigga's what, 11, 12 now? Like, man, you cut his hair, didn't you? Yeah. He Why you do that? He no, his he wanted it. He was in Hawaii, it was hot. He got tired of all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Don't want to go back for shit, but just to put it in retrospect. I was one, my son was one month old when I left for Cali Swag. He was born March 31st, and I think I left with the boys, what, May 4th, 5th? Facts. I we shot to teach me how to Dougie video. We hit the road. Mm -hmm. It was old for four Cause, years, basically. Because uh, Michael was born around the same time as, uh, well, same year as, uh, as uh, McCosh. Yeah, yep. yep, yep, mm -hmm. so, um, so to put you in, put it in retrospect, like, and like you said, I, I'm an active father. Mm -hmm. I, I I spend as much time as I can with my kids. Um, definitely in their lives. Right. Physically, emotionally. Right. Financially, spiritually. Right. Like I'm I'm there. Right. Percent. Like, I'm I'm a dad before I'm a record promoter. I'm a dad. You know, I I would even say I'm a dad before I'm a man. Yeah. Things 100. I, I definitely learned from you in terms of you know man, uh, managing and, and co-parenting in a sense because I know me early in my stages you know I was hurting and uh, I was unavailable um, first because I was a dickhead and I didn't know how to manage both uh, you know career and 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 my family but also because. You know, we all had dreams of doing what we want to do in our careers and being able to translate that to our kids, even if our kids don't do the same profession. But for them to know that, you know, daddy out here getting it like 
my plaques, they sit above my son's headboards when they go to sleep. You know what I mean? And it was a lot of work. And I know that there, for me, there was a time where I wasn't around them as much as I, I wanted to be because we was chasing what we was chasing. Um, but now it's like, you know, I have my boys for years. I've, I got them a hundred percent of the time. They with me all day, every day. And it's a beautiful thing because like they, you get to see so many elements of, of you and them. And it reminds you of how pure you was when you were mm-hmm. doing the things you was doing when you was young. You know what I'm saying? I think that's the important thing that people don't realize is like you can you can do the daddy gang and do your career thing at the exact same time. That's the one thing I had to really learn. It's like there is there is no put this off first and then do this. Nah, it's definitely like, yo, at the end of the day, if you're going to put anything off as the career to be a father. Um, when I was in L.A., you know, a lot of the times when we did stuff, it was with both my right. kids. Right. Um, when I was on the road, I really couldn't fly my daughter out as much because she was in school. Mm-hmm. But I flew Deb and my son out a right. lot. Um, it's really a decision you have to make. Yeah. Which you really, which you're really in a sacrifice. And that's really, I guess it's really anything is what you're willing to sacrifice to accomplish your goal. Right. My goal was making sure my kids know daddy's here and daddy's going to take every care of everything and daddy's going to be in your life. I will sacrifice um, comfortability, per se. Right. You know, um, so it just it's just really a choice you have to make. And some people don't understand that. And I, and and that's one thing I've learned talking to a lot of younger people. They don't understand that it's a choice you have to make. They they feel like they have to do this or they have mm-hmm. to be a good father. No, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, time is the most important thing to your kid. Right. Not to you. Not money. Right. Money is most important to their mama. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you as the father. Mm-hmm. To the child, the most important thing is time. Right. And that's all they understand. They either right. understand daddy's not here or daddy is here. Mm-hmm. That's all they understand. Exactly. Man, I'm, I'm glad you said that because, like, like I said, for me, you know, I've always been the person where it's like my, my music career and the things that I do don't define who I am. I... My character and my personality is already set in stone. Me being a father is set in stone. But when I add that along with my career, it it makes my kids understand like, yo, we can we can coexist as not just a family, but also we're all three people, me, Makai, and Zai, we're all three people who are interested in each other just on a human level. Like, mm-hmm. I really want to know what my sons are thinking. I really have conversations with them. I really talk to them about music that they own. They'll call me out the room and be like, Daddy, come see this. You know what I mean? Literally, last night, one in the morning, I'm laying down. I'm asleep. He knock on my door. Makai knock on my door. I'm like, come in. I'm like, what's, what's good? You okay? He like, I need you to come see something. I'm like, what's up, man? He like, Daddy, come on. Walked into the living room. I walk in the living room. He take me to the kitchen. He like, look, his keyboard, his gaming keyboard is 
completely like broke down. Like he he took off all of the the uh, the, the the keys. He cleaned the entire keyboard, the entire top everything. Went to his desk. He like yo, I wiped down my whole desk. I lysoled everything. Look under the thing. I'm sitting there looking at him. I'm like, I'm like, this is me. This is me. I do. I do this. I do this now. Right. And it's like, I'm like those moments are the most important to me because it lets me know that even though, like, I'm doing what I'm doing, he's watching me. He's watching and he's paying yeah, attention. Always watching. And they're, they're at the point where they're implementing the things that I do a part of their 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 situation. They're making their own money. They got their own thing. Zybe filming. Zybe, we got a whole paint set in our... Like, it's just so much greatness. And I get to do that. I get to do that and still be in a studio and be on my full bullshit. Having a good time making great records. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. shit is dope, man. I love it, man. And then for you, like one question I do want to ask, what are some of the things that your kids do that you see already? Like in yourself, like, like, yo, they, they got that from me. Well, I always tell people, Sean got my nerve side. So them gangs, that nigga be. Hundred you know, percent. Yeah. And, um, being early, early on too. Like, yo, he, he definitely got my inquisitive. When I was younger, I asked a million questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that side, my daughter, I would say, if anything, she just learned not to give a fuck. Right, right. Sometimes I have to look at a black girl, I will kill you. Because <laughs> her mouth and her mentality, it's just like, like, bro, I feel no man but God. Right. And that's how it should be. <laughs> you know, sometimes the way you put that's projected out, niggas think they're invincible and they're not. Mm-hmm. I don't say she thinks she's invincible, but she won't back down. I can tell you that much. Hey, hip hop kids are expensive. They're very expensive. I just want people to know that hip hop kids are expensive and not even just in money. I mean, expensive in the quality of life and the quality of conversation, the quality of being able to present things properly. You cannot get over on hip hop kids. You can't just, you can't just tell them anything. They not going for it. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Man, last thing before we get out of here, I want to take up too much of your time. Last thing you already know, I'm going to bring up. Your birthday festivities. Listen, let me let me explain something to y'all. Let me explain something to y'all. Sylvan is a very strategic man. Very. He's in pocket. He know what he's doing. He know why he say things. He know why he do things. But ever so often, <laughs> you can catch him in his full bullshit mode. And you can take advantage of that moment. Let's talk about your birthdays, bro. First off, your birthdays, like, ultimate kudos and ultimate respect, like, from just the people around the world that love you. You know what I'm saying? Including me. How are those fucking birthday parties? And why did you stop doing them? You. <laughs> just because I don't want to fuck with you. Like, yo, my nigga, I'm not... What was that, 2011, I want to uh-huh. say, bro? Uh-huh. 
Like, bro, I didn't make it out the parking lot. I'm outside my own car in the backseat throwing the fuck up. <laughs> Who the fuck want to live that moment? I haven't done that shit since high school, maybe college, my nigga. Hey, you deserve that, though, man. Mad drinks everywhere. Come on, nigga. I know. I know. No, no. And the fucked up part about it, I was fine till I sat down, which everybody always say. Mm-hmm. But the bad part about it is, it's like, no, I, I don't. No, no, nigga. We doing something. It's a nice dinner now. We're going to get some drinks. You know, I probably won't tell you because I don't want you popping up. I'm popping up, B. Hey, listen. Either I pop up on the day of or you finna get the work the whole month. I, however you want to do it. And yeah, I know where hey, your office is now. It don't It don't even matter because my brother's at the end of the month, so the month ends pretty soon. So it's like, ah, I'm good anyway. Listen, man, but you got like, you got all the award shows after that. I'm going to find you, bro. Don't nah, trip. But I mean, honestly, you. honestly, Excuse me. The real reason I stopped doing them, I'm not doing them as much, is just because um just didn't feel like it no more. Right. Right. Like all honesty is just like I spend most of my time in these clubs anyway. Right. They're the same motherfuckers. Right. I'm a drinker, but more of a smoker. And now, in today's age of me, I really, really don't do either. Right. I smoke and I drink, but I don't smoke and I drink. Right. Because, you know, you live in a fast lifestyle where we're just surrounded by drugs. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that I only have done weed and fucking liquor. Me too. Me too. Having a coke, having them pills. No. Damn sure I done no lean. I might I might try shrooms one day because people keep telling me I, I, now at this age I want to try shrooms and, yeah and just space out right like I want at least I want one go, time I might want to get the cabin in the forest and space the fuck out there you go there you go but 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 you know honestly I just I, I didn't see no point in doing it right 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 I, I did it because it was free liquor it was right for me. And me being still in form and fashion entertain my friends on my birthday. Hey, that, hey, that's that's the best shit because, listen, you know me, Capricorn season, I'm partying the whole month. But I really do it for everybody else. Like, I want everybody else to enjoy. If if they don't enjoy it, I'm not enjoying it. I'm a, pe- I'm a, I'm a people person at heart. Too, like, no one wants to have a born-ass birthday, but you want to be there with your friends and your loved ones. And because of particularly my situation, I get a lot of stuff for free or discounted. Why not take advantage of it? Right, right. Now I'm old. I'm like, nigga, you could meet me in Jamaica, or you could meet me in Tulum, or you could meet me somewhere else. Nigga, we go there. You go. Just because, like, this for me, it's just been burnt out. Like, if the right person asks me to do a party at their club, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Right. But other than that, just nah. I'm just it's just it's just cool. Right. Well, what, well uh, last question. What you got new coming up? Tell the people what do you have coming up uh, currently and what you working on, man? Um, I mean, right now, my biggest priorities is, you know, is to be a whole lot of money. Um, Cali Body in Motion. That French fuck with me, get a bag. Uh, DDG. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. DDG Hood Millie with NBA. MKXYZ one time. We got that Jay Hud record, um, Here I Am, off the Respect movie that she played Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I feel like I'm forgetting a record, my brother. Um, I, th- I know I'm forgetting one, but it is what it is. Right. <laughs> um, 
I mean, that's pretty much it. Ain't nothing big coming up or scheduled to come out yet. Um, you know, we, as you know, fourth quarter's coming, so, you know, we're going to get a flood of shit. Yeah. It's go time. It's go time. Man, I, I appreciate you definitely coming on the show, man. You know, we always rock out. We always talk shit, as always. You know what I'm saying? Please plug all your social media platforms and everywhere people can find you. And, I mean, and- it, it's simple. My social media is Sylvan Marshall, my name. S-Y-L-V-O-N-M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L. I keep it simple. I don't got time to say all that other shit. Like, I, I'll forget my own usernames. Right, right. And y'all know, listen, if y'all hit him up, you better come with the bag. Stop playing. It's going to be yeah, worth just, your while, but you got to come just, with the bag. Just just come correct. That's all I'm going to say. Man, this is oh, no, a, no, I, I forgot that loner with Young Blue. Ah, uh, ah. Uh, loner with Young Blue. Uh, I think it's called Read My Mind. It just popped on my head. That one fire. That one, hey, workload. Well, I appreciate you being on the show, my brother. You know what I'm saying? You already know it's always ultimate love, ultimate dedication. And, uh, you know, this is what we do, man. Poly Rob Podcast. Make sure y'all subscribe to all the platforms. And make sure y'all follow me because I'm going to post Savon's next birthday party where it's going to be. And then y'all can all buy him drinks along with me. I'm buying them five. Right now, it's in Jamaica, my nigga. <laughs> all you oh, put on it, social media. It's never a problem. I, I'm there. I'm there. Oh, I'm there. A matter of fact, that's what we're doing. It's going to be in Jamaica. We're we going for the 180 proof. We're not playing no fucking games. 180 that's, proof. That's why you don't be invited to shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to fucking poison at home. I ain't telling you. I'm in another fucking country. <laughs> I'm up. All right, all right, bro. Hold it down. I love you, man. Hold it down. Love you too, bro, bro. Peace.